More and more of our neighbors are struggling with the trauma of COVID-19 and the stress of everyday tasks. Life is hard. It's harder on drugs. On average, 130 people die every day from opioid overdose. Addiction is a common and treatable disease and affects people of all ages and all walks of life. Reach out and join the thousands of Virginians that have successfully recovered at off-opioids.org. And remember, the Harrisonburg-Rockingham Community Services Board is here to help. What's up, everybody? This is Scott Yeager here with another edition of Challenge Mania. This episode is brought to you by Challenge Mania Live Los Angeles. That is Saturday, September 22nd from the Brea Improv. We will be joined by Susie and Sarah from the Brain Candy Podcast. Tickets are on sale at challengemania.live. Go check it out. We hope to see you out in Brea. All right. You guys didn't come for me. You came for D. So on the line right now, I call him Mr. Dutiful. Derek Kaczynski. What's up, dude? Another terrible introduction, Scott. You're very, you're dutiful. You're dutiful, (laughs) duty-free. Yeah, no. I I feel like, uh, I don't even know where to start. Where do we start? We just interviewed Kenny Santucci. We just interviewed Kenny Santucci. People have been asking about him for who knows how long. Since the day we We started this podcast. Since we episode were worried one. about it, right? A little bit. Yeah. We didn't open up for the Twitter questions because we didn't want this like onslaught of like, you know, crazy questions and angry questions. And But we kind of get all those questions answered. Yeah. I mean, don't make Ken. it seem like we were running from it at all. I mean, we did open it up to the patrons over at patreon.com slash challenge mania. That's where we collected questions for Kenny. Um, but here's the deal. And, you know, obviously there's an elephant in the room here. People want to know what happened that caused him to no longer be a part of the show. Um, the specifics of that event, that incident, if you will, he's legally not allowed to discuss it. Now, um, I've been wavering on this since episode one, when you guys started asking for Kenny, you started asking for Evan. I've wanted to know, can we have one of them or Kenny on the show and not talk about this? Or how do we broach this? Does it look like we'd be avoiding the subject matter? A couple things, you know, since episode one, we're now on episode 60. I hope you, you consider this a good one for our 60th episode, a, a benchmark episode here, is that, uh, you know, Susie and Sarah talked about the incident at length recently on one of their Patreon video podcasts. Ironically enough, in response to a rant that Kellyanne went on on this show, And they talked about the incident in a way that I hadn't really heard anyone speak about it um, since I'd kind of heard rumblings of what had went down in the rumor mill and all that stuff. And you've never heard Kenny talk about it. You've never heard uh, Evan talk about it. You've never heard Tanya talk about it. You've never heard anybody talk about it who was actually involved. But Susie and Sarah, you know, seem to have been there and they ran down their rendition of it openly so on their show. And it um, it kind of shed new light on it for me. And after I had heard that, I thought, okay, maybe, maybe we do do this podcast. So, um, the, the, the issue comes up on the show. Um, he cannot talk about it in detail. That's just part of, you know, the legal ramifications of everything that happened, but we do have a really good and, and fulfilling conversation about the challenge, where he's at now, his time on the show. And I think 
for someone who can't really talk about it, it does get spoken about enough, I think, um, to where I don't think we completely dodged it. Um, and I hope that you, no. know, you guys, please let us know how you feel. We handled it and how the episode, um, how you, you felt the episode went. Um, that being said, we hope you look at this as a surprise. You're probably sitting there wondering who's going to be the guest on Challenge Mania. And boom, it's somebody you've wanted to know um, when they were coming on for quite some time. So hopefully you enjoy Kenny on the show today. And sorry, we're not, we didn't open it up to Twitter questions or Facebook questions. A lot of it also is, I don't really believe this thing was going to happen. You know, and, and even that being said, full disclosure, the guy changed the time on us four times. We finally got him on the phone. It's Monday. You'll hear this on a Tuesday. We finally got him on the phone. So that's another reason I don't like to announce these things preemptively. We're still waiting on Coral. Uh, we're still waiting on Coral's call. Yeah, we're, we're working on Coral. I'm working on Coral. So, you know, hopefully um, it's, it sounds like it, it might happen, but I'd rather not talk about it, Scott, uh, until it does happen. Uh, so, but hopefully a lot of these questions, you know, about what happened in the past and why is it on the show are, are put to rest. Um, it's behind him, uh, and it's, it's behind me. Uh, I, I didn't want to bring it up, but it kind of. Well, so I felt it, it I felt like it had to at least be addressed why we aren't yeah. talking about it. And I wanted our audience to know it's not because we don't feel it relevant. We don't know that some of you guys are curious. It's because he legally cannot go into detail about it. That being said, yeah. uh, even okay. if there's no details involved in this conversation, the subject sure gets broached. So um, before yeah. we get to Kenny, want to get you guys some interesting news. October 13th, we're coming to Washington, D.C., the nation's capital with a capital C for Challenge Mania Live. That's going to be the DC Improv. And that is on Saturday, October the 13th. For those of you on the West Coast, remember, Saturday, September 22nd, we are coming with Susie and Sarah. And who else? We have no idea. All we know is it is a hotbed for reality TV stars. Who knows who's going to walk in that door on Saturday, September 22nd. For tickets to that show, you can go to challengemania.live. Last thing I want to get to before we get to Kenny Santucci, I don't want to hold it up too much longer because I know you guys have been itching for this interview and we finally got it for you. We hope you guys appreciate it. Um, is we do have a ton of new merch over at challengemania.shop. We have free shipping until August 8th and that's so you guys can buy your new Pauly Calafiore gear. That's right. He's still looking for f that he doesn't give. That's right. I'm going to bleep that, but you know what the word is. We also have Miss Jemmy. Gem class is in session over at the Challenge Mania shop. Shady Shane, that's right, throwing shade over there. And let's go, Devin Walker. All new gear over at challengemania.shop along with your standard Challenge Mania gear, DKO gear. I'm a Challenge Maniac, Challenge Accepted. Get all that fun stuff over at challengemania.shop. Spend $45, free shipping until August 8th. All right, that's all I got, DD. You got anything else to say before we get to this? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, I do. If I sound a little bit out of it during this interview, it's because my brother, shout out to my brother Danny for getting married on Saturday. Um, so we've been probably partying since Saturday, Sunday. Lying if I told you I wasn't having a and beer. And that's also this why I'll be honest so. with you. That's also why if you if you notice the background noise, you hear what sounds to be a large family interacting and having a get together in the background. Uh, that's because that's happening too. These people are still Hi, these people are still enjoying themselves. You got tons of family, kids of all ages, adults enjoying cocktails and beers alike, and it's all happening in the background of this interview. But uh, yeah. What better setting? Yeah, cheers to that. Cheers to that. 
All right, guys, remember, social media, at Kenny Santucci. I am at Shot of Jaeger. He is at Derek MTV on Instagram. I'm at Scott of Jaeger. And Facebook.com slash Challenge Mania Podcast. We see you guys over there. We're going to be running a contest real soon for a signed Derek Kaczynski Brew the Stew t-shirt over at Facebook.com slash Challenge Mania. Just got to sign up for the group or the page. That is it. All right, dude, let's do it. Episode 60. We're doing it big. Man, people wanted to hear from this guy, and we finally made it happen. Just funny, brew it. Funny story about how this interview came to be, by the way, towards the end of the episode. So you're going to, you're going to like that. Everybody on the line right now is a guest that some of you, I think after a certain point, I think it was the hundredth time he's been requested and we just ignored you guys. You probably assumed he was never coming, but we deliver here on Challenge Mania. And so for you on the line right now, it is by far the most beautiful guest we have ever had. Mr. Beautiful, Mr. Kenny Santucci. What's up, brother? What a what a lead in. Thank God you didn't have Derek do that. Because he would have <laughs> never he would have never nailed it as dead. Did you do you still go by that? that I, did, did Mr. Beautiful still happen? Buddy, you know what? It, it's it's changed forms. It's taken on a different breath. It's taken on a different light. But people still you know, I one of the cool things that happens is I'll be walking down the street with a girl and some guy will be like, Hey, Mr. Beautiful. I'm like, hey, and, They'll be like, what the hell did he just call you? I go, pay no attention to that. It's an old subject. Well, confession, I've actually done that to you. I It was like probably maybe three years ago or something like that. I was coming out of the elevator at an audition, which you and I were just okay. talking off the air about how we have uh, the same agent here in New York. And I was coming out of an, aud- uh, an audition in the oh, elevator. Shit. And I just pop out of the elevator, and I see you waiting to get on the elevator. And it's one of those quick, you're walking by someone, you don't want to stop them, but you just want to let them know you know who they are. And I just go, Mr. Beautiful. And you turn to me, and you're like, you're like oh, man, I, I never get tired of hearing that. And then I just kept walking and went on my day. And this is pre-challenge mania. So, like, I honestly, like, I didn't just then go on Twitter and tell everybody about it. I just kind of went back to my regular job. But it's funny. I have done that to you. You weren't with a girl. I apologize. Yeah. But I think I kind of no, stroked no your ego a little bit going into that audition probably. Yeah. You know, listen, I always think about I'm like, there's a hundred things. And I've been called them a hundred things that could be worse. But, you know, that always uh, that always makes me smile. It's funny. I, you think it's funny. I think it's weird that you that you call yourself Mr. Beautiful. And Buddy, on top of that, on. that he called you Mr. Beautiful on the way to an audition. On top of that you guys have the same agent? That's yeah. crazy. Hold on. Wait. My, Derek, think about it this way, right? Imagine, because I never had the privilege and the uh, ability to become a pro wrestler. But how many times do you think, like, people were like, oh, it's Mr. Wonderful. Oh, mm-hmm. it's Mr. Perfect. Like, do you realize people for... 30 years called him Mr. Perfect. <laughs> like, well, how fucking cool is that? So I'm like, well, I couldn't take perfect or wonderful. They're already taken. So I'll, I'll stick with beautiful. I mean, that's just as good. We talk yeah. about pro wrestling a lot on this show. And so I'll use that as a segue to say that it's funny when I was uh, a youngster and I know Kenny, you were a, a longtime wrestling fan growing up as well. We all kind of yeah. had our wrestling gimmick. Mine was sexy Scott Yeager, one half of the Stanford studs coming out of Stanford, Connecticut. And I made the mistake one day, or maybe I didn't even tell her, but somebody told my I now wife this at one point that I used to go by sexy Scott Yeager and some people ironically will still call me SSY. Anyway, we get married in February and literally the first words out of my wife's mouth for her vows were sexy Scott Yeager in the middle See? of the, it was hilarious. Yeah, it's funny. Like if you don't take it serious, it's fucking hysterical because you called yourself sexy Scott Yeager. Like it's, you don't, you can't, 
the problem with a lot of people on the show or people who watch television, like really buy into the idea, which is a good thing and a bad thing. But at the same time, it's like no one's really taking it that serious. Like Rick Rude was an ugly fuck, but he was shredded. <laughs> but like, right? But like he would all like his rants before he came, like before he wrestled and stuff. When he'd like shit on the audience and stuff was to me even as a child, I was like, this is like genius. Like I've done years of improv, and for a guy to get up there and just start spitting on the mic like that and shitting on everybody and fire up the crowd in a good way or a bad way is amazing like i admire that so it's like when guys go up there i i'm not taking them say i do i think you think you're the fucking sexiest man in stanford connecticut no i think it's hysterical and that's like your gimmick so so you you kind of answered 100 question howard's question here he wanted to know that when you gave yourself the name mr beautiful which you can correct me if somebody else gave it to you he says were you doing it ironically or were you trying to create a character like the miz did in hopes of transitioning into pro wrestling it was, it was honestly, you know, I said it at the end of, I think the first time I remember saying it was at the end of a, um, one of the events, uh, that we had just won. And I was like, well, Mr. Beautiful's just won again. And, you know, I said it like just joking around. It was just like kind of whatever. And then when I went into my interviews, they would always like, they would poke at it and be like, oh, tell us more about Mr. Beautiful. So I kind of just expand on the character. There was never like a plot or a plan involved. It was just kind of uh, when I would go into my interviews, I'd hate, and Derek could speak to this too. You're in interviews for two, three hours at a time. So I would get bored. So they would let me cut like wrestling promos. So I would just like, I would just talk as if I was like, cutting a promo i'm like yeah this is this is a lot more fun than answering questions like oh today we woke up and had breakfast and walked to the challenge it's like who the fuck wants to say that shit i'm like i'll leave that to the loser <laughs> kids you know that's for the <laughs> fucking people have nothing to say i got a lot to yeah say. And, and and for the people at home that don't know who rick rude is it's uh he, he went by ravishing rick rude yeah. and he'd come out and be like hello ladies and no, that fucking was- and he'd shake his ass. Derek he does this. He, 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 like, inter- he, he, he confuses, like, he'll, he'll take Val Venus's catchphrase and apply it to yeah. Rick Rude, and he'll say he's from Parts Unknown, and he used to do the Tombstone. <laughs> he combines all these things into one. Yeah. Like, he has the wrestling knowledge. It's just in there kind of mixed up with a bunch of other stuff, and he just gives you this salad of wrestling references that kind of make sense. And to anyone listening <laughs> yeah. who doesn't watch wrestling, they just think he's right. So, yeah. Okay, so... Yeah. so Derek has a, a slight form of dementia because like all the knowledge is up there. It's just fucking jumbled together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Um, let, tell let him, me, tell him, fix me, fix me. So, so the gimmick, the, the guy he's talking about is ravishing Rick rude, right? ravishing Rick rude. Yes. Right. He used to fucking shake his hips and shit. But Val Venus was like kind of a, a poor man's fucking Rick rude kind of, 10 years later and he he was like the porn star he was like the guy who ripped off his towel and, and his he ass. did hello ladies yeah. oh okay well yeah. what, what, what would rick rude ravishing rick rude do he would just just like he get on the mic out. and just like be a yeah, dick he, right his thing was like he's like uh, for all you fat out of shape atlantic city sweat hogs <laughs> feast your eyes on what a real man looks like yes. <laughs> he'd, always, he'd always say that and he would always like have these flex offs with like the ultimate warrior 
We give, uh, not just us, but everybody gives Johnny Bananas all this credit for being this master, you know, you know, brand guy and having, you know, come up with this nickname and sold all this merch and all this stuff. And I feel like, you know, your, your challenge career kind of ended when he really started kicking that stuff off. But to an average viewer, Mr. Beautiful was just as well known as Johnny Bananas was. Let me ask you, if you had stuck with it, do you think that there would be like a MrBeautiful.com with all the, the merchandise items that Johnny has and you would be just as synonymous with that nickname as he is today with Johnny Bananas? And would you be that face of the franchise? I, you know, to tell you the truth, I've had people reach out to me and be like, oh, I thought, you know, you were like one time at one time, maybe bigger than Johnny or whatever it was. And I'm like, you know, we were always just buddies. I always kind of saw us as equals and shit. But um, I don't know. I don't love myself as much as Johnny. Does. There's always you a know, Marty Janetti. Let's be honest, Shawn yeah, Michaels. There's I, always a Marty Janetti. <laughs> I would have never made myself a bobblehead and all that shit. I mean, Johnny's just way more shameless than I could ever be. So. I mean, he's just better at it. Well, at, at some point, um, there was the J.E.K. dynasty. That was like a thing. But what, what you guys at home don't know um, is that, is that uh, Evan and Johnny used to, like, fight for, for, for Kenny's luck, for his attention. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> yes. Like well, everybody, everybody's like, "Oh, you guys were all so close." I was like, no, "They I was loved kind of, you." Yeah, I, but they hated each other, kind of. <laughs> you know, <they> were, <laughs> yeah, so I was like at the middle of the fucking uh, the love triangle. Yeah, and I knew it, right? It was kind of like this like hidden thing, like you 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 couldn't really tell that they were like fighting for his attention unless like you were in there observing it, and I was kind of like, sometimes I felt like the odd man out. But sometimes I felt like, you know, me and Kenny, like, really saw what was going on. Like, we saw eye to eye on everything. Like, we yeah. we would play, like, on opposite sides of the game, kind of. And then, uh, but at some points, like, we would just completely be on the same page, which is why, I don't know if you guys know this at home, but we but we, we have three challenge championships, and they're all together. together same yeah. seasons. Three and three. Yeah. That's impressive. Buddy, I was right. like, you're right? luck charm. I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's like sometimes like, I mean, you just kind of like mold together. It's, it's weird. Like winning these things with different people or playing these games with certain people, uh, because, um, you really don't know how it's going to work out, but it, it, it typically works best when you're, you're almost on, on opposite sides. And, and at some point, like when we, when we won the ruins, I thought I was the odd man out of the J E K dynasty person. Uh-huh. Johnny, Kenny, and Evan, and, and at some point it it, it kind of turned, and believe it or not, we kind of pushed Johnny into going into his first elimination round, saving me, Kenny, and Evan from going into any elimination round on the ruins. Yeah, no, we uh, we 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 stuck to our guns. I mean, we had a tight little group there, and you know, like the last three or four challenges, and that's why the JK thing went so far was because. We always stuck together, you know. We always, uh, we always kind of voted the same. We always worked the same, you know. And we got each other to the end, and it was kind of our way of showing you because you, I knew you were like fearful of going in, but we were like, no, you're with us, dude. It's it's good, you know. You're part of the team, so. Yeah, and I, I didn't, I didn't really know that until the very end, you know. And it, you know, and it kind of turned into Derek, Evan, and Kenny at the last second. 
in. And I didn't yeah. know that these guys were going to back me up. I didn't, I didn't know how strong your, that, that whole alliance was, you know what I mean? So yeah, I never yeah. told you that. I don't know if I ever told you that, how much I appreciated that, but that was, uh, that was fucking awesome. And I didn't think it was going to come like that. And on top of that though, on the Island, we pretty much talked Evelyn into giving him that key. Yeah. Yep. And you know what? A lot of people are always like, oh, I, I still get fucking shit about that. They're like, well, you threw, uh, you know, uh, Paula. Paula under the bus. But I was like, no, I was like, the plan was to have Paula with us, but she wasn't going to be on our boat. We had to build the strongest team possible. So here I am fucking meddling in everybody's fucking shit, you know, trying to get Evelyn not to take Johnny's key because we knew if we had me, Evelyn, you and Johnny, no matter what the fucking final was, we were going to win. So we're like, and Paula agreed to it and everybody agreed to it and knew that was the plan, you know, that it was going to be the four of us. So we're like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. And then they brought me in into the dirty 30 and they were like, all right, you get the dirtiest. So they were giving out like the dirty awards, you know what I mean? For like why you're a dirty player. And they gave me this award that said uh, dirtiest um, team alliance member or something like that. Dirtiest team alliance or something like that for your role in throwing Paula in. And on the island, or not giving Paul a key on the island, or something like that. I was like, why would I have Paula on my boat, or give her a key as opposed to Johnny Bananas? Like, I, it didn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the, yeah. the dirty thing in there was, is that Evelyn actually agreed to, you know, not stealing Johnny's key at the time, right? Like that, yeah. That's how it went down, right? Yeah. That was well. That was the power. But like, I mean, that's where some of the stuff behind the scenes that people don't understand is that like I was literally pleading with her and trying to figure out, I'm like, listen, for your sake, for mine, for Derek, like we could all walk away with cash here if you're on our team, because you have a key. We're we're at this point now where you have a key. So you could either be on the opposite side of the key and go against me and Derek or you could be on our team and we could all win this. And Paula was there for that conversation. And, you know, Johnny was there for that conversation and it was a mutual agreement that everybody understood. And then when we got into the elimination uh, or, you know, the deliberation or whatever the fuck it was, um, Paula turns on the fucking waterworks and makes it seem like we backstabbed her. And we're like, wait, you, you were sitting there for that conversation. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't actually remember that conversation. It may have just been you guys, but I know that for me, like I was doing my own. I feel like me and you talked to Evelyn privately at some point. Um, and for the people at home that, that that don't know this stuff, like there's a lot of talking that goes on behind the camera. Like not every conversation, not every like strong move, not every manipulative move, not every um, not, not everything on camera all the time yeah. you know so or what i've done before and i know it's not on camera it's like i, I think they've found them before but we've had notes but like fucking code words on them meaning like yo here do this and do that or stick with this don't do that you know there's there's a lot of that goes on so you don't want the fucking world to know or you don't want the uh you know the rest of the house to find out so it's like there's notes slip back and forth it's like do this don't do that you know yeah yeah you know, I, I even remember, like, you guys, we were playing code uh, uh, during that big ball thing. Remember that elimination with the, with the ball, that huge ball on the island? Oh, yes. Remember yes. that? 
Yeah. And you and you guys were like, I'm like, I'm looking at you guys like, well, you know, what should I do? Should I should I should you know should I keep should I try to win this? Should I like well you know what should we do? You know what I mean? But the the, yeah. the move there was like you and Johnny are literally you you guys are playing the game without being in the elimination, you know. And I'm looking yeah. for for signs from you guys like, what do you want me to do? What should I do? Should I should I win this thing? Who should I let win? Like, what's the best move for us? So. You know, like on the island, like we stayed strong all the way through. It's just some people's games aren't as loud as others. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Well, you know what it is? Every everybody always talks that they're like, "Oh, you were always good at like the political game." I'm like, "Yeah." It's like just because you need to know like what triggers somebody, what people want. At the end of the day, we all want to make some money. We all want to move on. And if we can make some friends out of the deal, that's even better. So that's what you know. I was always concerned. Like winning was great. But if you won by yourself, you're kind of a piece of shit. You're like, shit, I didn't make any friends out of this deal. I didn't help anybody. you know. And then you're standing at the finish line by yourself. It's a, if it's an individual game, fine. But if you could win some cash with your buddies, and then we stay, you know, we used to stay afterwards and spend a couple of days in wherever we were, that's the best times. Those were like, for me, after like looking back after all this time, like the best times I had were like hanging out with you guys after the show. Right. You mentioned the, the friendships. Michael Marlowe has a question about the rivalries that you dealt with while on the show. He wants to know how many of those translated into real life and never got wrapped up. So any of the people we saw you kind of throw bows with on the show a little bit, actually bad blood to this day? Um, I mean, fuck. I, if I saw Wes getting dragged by a car, um, I'd make sure the uh, the driver knew to keep going. <laughs> but... Other than that, I really didn't have any, like, strong, like, feelings towards anybody. I know a lot of people hated me. I was definitely on some fucking death uh, death fucking list for sure. But um, for the most part, and that uh, that's kind of where, you know, my ending came from. That, like, people, people hate you if you're at the top. It's the same reason everybody fucking hates the New York Yankees. Like, when you're winning all the time, people are like, fuck this guy. I want to see them lose, and I'm going to do whatever I can to fucking destroy their game and I kind of feel like that's what happened like you know the last couple of shows I did I felt great because I was constantly uh we were always on top like we, I'd go into a show knowing that we'd have all the fucking votes no matter what you know and the people I didn't like like fucking Wes were on the other side of the fence you know unless he was on my fucking team and even then it's like when we were on what was that show I think yeah it was Ruins it's like all we did was vote him in like the first five fucking eliminations were like throw Wes in throw Wes in throw Wes in you know and he didn't have a fucking snowball's chance in hell eventually he was going to leave yeah, it's interesting. There was that that kind of wave there where, you know, everyone calls it J.E.K. There was Johnny, Evan, yourself. But then Derek in there, is, throw him in there as well. And then yeah. you had, you know, you, you guys were seemingly on every season in a row for a while there. And having, like, yeah. this tight-knit group of guys and girls as well who you guys aligned <laughs> with who were good and would win and would always be at the top of the storyline list and at the competition list and whatnot. I, as a viewer, I remember thinking, oh, man, this is kind of growing to feel like I know it hadn't happened yet. But, like, LeBron James going to Miami and it getting kind of boring from that competitive yeah. standpoint and whatnot. And then when you guys left the show and Derek left the show for other reasons, he just had to see what the 
oil fields would feel like. You know, yeah. you know, <laughs> and it was only Johnny, and we didn't have that familiarity. Just, it, and, you know, two or three years went by, and I was just like, man, I kind of miss those days. As much as at the time it felt unfair, and it was just, man, can West beat these guys? Now, you know, it feels like we don't have that anymore. We don't have that kind of elite and the, that kind of a, like mainstream successful alliance that we have. I don't think that's been recreated since. Do you still follow the show? No, I, I, somebody asked me the other day, they were like, oh, so Johnny's friends with uh, Freddie or some shit now? He's the partners with some guy or some shit. I'm like, I don't even know who the fuck that is. Like, I, all my information now from the show comes from either people asking me about it or, um, you know, Johnny telling me what's going on as from his standpoint. So, you know, that's always a skewed fucking version of what it's actually going on. But, um, you know, the only reason I like ever would even think about watching, but I don't even have cable anymore. I mean, you live in New York, what the hell you need cable for? I have Netflix, HBO and, uh, Hulu. Um, but I, um, I get all my information from Johnny, but I don't know much. And then like, if I see Cara Maria or somebody, you know, that's, they'll kind of tell me what's going on, but I don't know any of the real, the new characters. I don't know anybody. Um, I'll see some people on Instagram or get tagged in something, but I don't know the storyline. I don't know what's going on. Sometimes I think about it. I'm like, oh, should I watch it? And then there were, there have been times I've turned it on. And I'm like, oh, this is fucking terrible. This is, I mean, like I, I like watching, you know, the walking dead and, uh, game of Thrones shit like that. I've always been like a comic book kind of fucking wrestling nerd. So like, that's <clears> always <throat> where my interests lie. And I, I feel like that's kind of like where, how me and Kenny hit it off too, is because it, Scott's kind of the same way. Like he's, he's total superhero nerd. Like same thing. I watch the same shows: Game of Thrones, Walking Dead. Like, um, and at the beginning, you know, before Mister Beautiful, there was Kenny. Before Johnny Bananas, there's just Johnny. Before Mike the Miz, it was just Mike. You know what I mean? So that's why I don't like get wrapped up into like all these like gimmicks and stuff like that. You know? Um, but now it's like people have like catchphrases and. Mike the Miz is a superstar and Johnny Bananas is like, you know, doing first look, you know, or, or he's got this new show coming out. Um, you know, he was on Jimmy Fallon, you know, um, do you think you'll ever, you know, make it back in the ring? Oh, by the way, Kenny Santucci actually had a, a wrestling ring, uh, <laughs> a wrestling ring after fresh meat, after the yeah. money, right. With the money you want on fresh meat. Yeah. People, uh, people still are like, get out of here. I'm like, yeah, dude, I, I loved it. And it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, I tell people all the time, especially with like fitness now, you know, I got into it never to make money off it. I didn't buy a ring because I thought I was going to become a wrestler. I just <laughs> love it. <laughs> I just fucking love it. So I'm like, I want to do this. And if I have fucking spare time in my day, I'm going to go fucking jump off the top rope. Cause that's what I want to do. And you know, like I said to myself, I used to have a, a regular job and I was like, fuck, if I wasn't at my regular job, what would I be doing? I'm like, I'd be in the fucking gym. So that's when I was like, I just transitioned my whole life into like the fitness space where I'm like, this is where I want to be. And now all I do is hang out in the gym, even when I don't have to be here. I get here at 5 a.m. and I don't leave till 9, 10 o'clock at night. Like people know if they come in my gym, chance of me being here are pretty good. Where, where are you at? Where are you at? I'm on, yeah, what's I'm on going third- on? Give me more. Give me more. I'm on 32nd and Park Avenue in Manhattan at a place called Solace, New York. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, I've been here for about uh, a little over three years now. And I uh, had a gym in Jersey for a little bit, for like two years. 
um, out in Paramus, New Jersey, had a little fucking mix up with my partners and, uh, our partner. And, uh, I was like, listen, take your, you know, take my shares. I'll sell you mine. And I'm going back to New York. Mm -hmm. So, so I've been doing this, uh, I've been doing this for a while now. But you're not, you're not just like a, you're not just like a, in the gym, like you're like sponsored, like you're a spot. Aren't you like a sponsored athlete? Like you have, like you're, you're not just in the gym. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. what you, like, you, are you just a trainer? Like, no, no, no. So yeah, I, I'm a, I, I'm the GM here. So I run the, uh, I run like the day operations. I hire and fire the coaches. Like I, I run the culture, the culture of the gym and the coaches, um, kind of do all like the, uh, equipment, all that shit. Um, I know there's fucking, everybody's like, Oh, you, the owner, it's like, this gym is worth $5 million, you know, or, you know, millions of dollars. It's like not one guy owns it. You know, it doesn't work like that in Manhattan. You know, if you, if I was in fucking West Virginia, yeah, I can own my own gym and it'd be worth $500. You know, out here, everything's worth millions of dollars and you need a team of investors and you know, you need eight people operating the place. So I have a partner here and we, uh, we kind of run the show here and it's, uh, it's great. But yes, I work with Michelob Ultra. I'm a brand ambassador for them, which is one of the coolest, uh, kind of things I've ever done. And then, um, I work with the guys from fit eight. I'm actually going out to the CrossFit games for the seventh time this year. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm going to hang out with those guys. And I do, uh, I met those guys probably five years ago and we kind of hit it off and they were like, well, what do you do aside from like run a gym? And I was like, well, I, you know, I used to do like hosting. I used to host a show for the show for the Jersey shore. And I used to do stuff for MTV and they're like, well, why don't you do a show for us? So we've been hosting the show. It's called the, uh, fit aid morning show. Uh, cause you know, when I was a kid, I used to love Johnny Carson and, you know, uh, David Letterman and stuff. So I'm like, well, I'd love to host a show. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. So that we have like a full production team and we host a show. And I interviewed, you know, every big name CrossFitter and every uh, kind of celebrity within the uh, fitness space who's in and around CrossFit. I was actually just texting with Seth Rollins because he was supposed to be out at the games, but he's leaving. So he's leaving Thursday or Friday. I'm getting in Thursday or Friday. So we're just going to miss each other. But I was going to interview him on the show. Um, but I interviewed, uh, I got a couple really cool interviews lined up, like with, uh, Chris Henshaw, who's the, um, uh, aerobic capacity guy for like CrossFit. He trains Matt Frazier and, you know, Rich Froning and all these guys. Uh, I'm interviewing Marcus Philly. Who's a, uh, I love Marcus kid. Philly. Dude, he does all Marcus Philly. Derek says, what's up? He may we'll not do. know me, but yeah, at some a- point he did, he did respond to me at some point. I love it. Yeah. Shit. I love it. Absolutely. Love yeah. It. Cool guy, cool guy. I've interviewed, yeah. uh, you know, who's a big cross for uh, Jack Osborne, Ozzy Osborne's son. So I interviewed him at the games one year. Uh, Mark Bell, who I'm a fucking huge fan of. Uh, you know, everybody. And I have Tate Fletcher, who owns Caveman Coffee, but he's also in, like, a shit ton of movies. He was in, like, um, what the hell was he in? He was in Jumanji with The Rock. You know, he's in a bunch of shit. So, um yeah, it's been pretty cool. And then I work with, uh, I've been working with Reebok for like five years now. And that's been awesome because I started doing these events we call strong New York. And I basically bring in like everybody and anybody who's within the fitness space. Um, Jen Wiederstrom, who's on the biggest loser. We do a bunch, I do, uh, events with her. So we do a lot of cool 
Uh, I've gotten to do a lot of cool shit within the fitness space because of some of the brands I work with. And, you know, I've, I've never wanted to deny what the show has given me. It's given me a platform to do a lot of shit, given me some kind of legitimacy. But, you know, with the best things in life come the worst things in life, you know. So it was the best and the worst thing that's ever happened to me for sure. When did you start? You mentioned wow. you taking a bunch of improv classes. When did you start yeah. doing that? So I, when I was with CSD, um, I don't know if you ever met him. He does some voiceover work. He's been in a shit ton of commercials. Um, a buddy of mine who I ended up booking a commercial with, this has got to be God, six, seven years ago. Um, I booked a commercial with this dude, um, Ben Romenka. He's a, one, he's one of the, um, teachers at UCB. We end up, they ended up throwing us in this thing together for an audition we end up getting the audition. The guys from, it was this European um, car company. And they're like, oh my God, we love these guys. So they fly us out to Europe twice. Um, they fly us out to Europe twice and we do this show with them, uh, this uh, commercial and stuff. And he's like, dude, he's like, you're, you're pretty decent. You should try UCB. So like six, seven years ago, I you know took 101 and then I took uh, 201 and then so on and so forth. And I was trying to get on a team and stuff. But you know, Improv is for highly intelligent, very witty people. And, you know, I always, you know, I got most humorous in grammar school and high school, but that doesn't take you too far when you're dealing with like real professionals and people who are really good at it. Um, but it helped me get on my feet and helped me with hosting a lot. So I'd say like six, seven years ago, I got into it. Uh, and I was just actually talking because I was out in LA. I just got back this morning. I was out in LA. And I was talking to some friends out there because we were right next to UCB. I'm like, I think I'm going to go back and start doing it again just as like for shits and giggles because I, I did enjoy it. And it, it makes you really good at, um, you know, kind of conversing with people on, uh, you know, just a human level and also on a comedic level. Yeah, it's funny. My, my wife is uh, UCB as well, and she's done the whole 101 up to advanced and stuff like that. And um, it's funny. I've, you know, dabbled in a little bit of stand-up comedy myself. And, and now Derek and I have headlined Caroline's on Broadway. We're coming to the Brea Improv. We're doing the DC Improv on October 13th. Who would have thunk it out of all the challengers to be headlining these world-famous comedy clubs Derek Kaczynski, not Mr. Kenny Santucci with the seven years of classic UCB training, not Johnny Bananas <laughs> off the Tonight Show. Derek Kaczynski coming to the stage at the Brea Improv on September 22nd, my friends. So wait, so hold on, he's do, you're doing so we do so doing? we do so we do a live version. We do Challenge Mania live, and what we do oh, is shit. we basically you know I come out, I banter a little bit, I bring out D, we banter a little bit, and then we bring Derek out acts like an idiot. First chair, second chair, third chair, or in the case of September 22nd, we'll probably have Susie and Sarah come out together because they're our uh, our guests on that one, and we do basically a live version of Challenge Mania. We play some games, we do an audience Q and A, and it's kind of like a live variety show. We don't tape it, we don't put it online. I mean, we tape it for promotional purposes, but we don't put it online. So it's uncensored. It's where people feel like they can say whatever they want. They're not going to get in trouble with production. Nobody's there spying on them. And uh, yeah, we've had a good time. We do like a pre-show meet and greet. And then we do the live show about 90 minutes or something like that. And we've been coming to some pretty famous stages, my friend. It's actually kind of embarrassing. They're like, we got to get you out of here by seven because Dave Chappelle's coming in. And we're just like, what, what, what are we doing here? Um, that's fucking pretty cool. I love that. Listen, you talk about a great improviser and somebody who's really like witty and smart and funny all at the same time. Susie is money with that shit. I love her. She's like one of my favorite people. I haven't seen her in like 
I haven't seen her in like two, three years. She's she's great. I just was with, I just had lunch with her yesterday. Yeah, I saw, oh, we you, saw you that saw on the there. we saw her, yeah. we saw that on the IG. Susie uh, plugging uh, that you guys were hanging out out there. She gave you a nice glowing review in her uh, in her write up there. Yeah, she is a funny bastard for sure. Yeah, it's funny. They, it's you know, you haven't been on the show in a while. She hasn't been on the show in a while. Susie, ha- uh, Sarah hasn't been on the show since Johnny Bananas took the money and ran. But they yeah. have this this platform now where it's funny. Like you leave the show and you kind of have distanced yourself from it. You don't watch it. You in fact think that Johnny Bananas is partnering with some guy named Freddie. I don't even know who that is. That might be his landlord. But but <laughs> Susie and Sarah do the opposite. They film themselves watching the show every week and and live stream it to thousands of brainiacs as they call them and they have dove in head first back into it but from a spectators and analyst perspective which is hilarious um what, what was the choice you know when you when you distance yourself from it you know obviously you know for reasons we can't get you know into too much detail on it was kind of you know not the best parting of the ways however you know you talk about like johnny bringing the show up you know you're coming on our podcast you know at a certain point, what what's the decision between kind of just kind of putting it in the rear view and not kind of dabbling your foot back in or, or you know, doing episode commentaries or doing a live tweet here or there or something like that? Is it kind of putting your other careers first? Um, do the calls not come as often as the average person might think? You know, is it, it was just seriously that nobody calls and asks you to do a challenge thing? Or is it something that only recently you've started to kind of re-entertain? No, um, I always like I never wanted people to feel like I was bitter towards it in a way. Um, or that I was like shunning it, um, you know, whatever happened, happened. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not allowed to talk about it, but, you know, Derek could share his, his views and what he, uh, what he believes and knows happened. Um, but for me, it was just like, I wasn't a part of it, you know, and I, I know my place. If I'm not on the show, what's the fucking point of me being involved? But you were hosting after shows. See, I would say this, I'd say, dude, you were hosting after shows for shows you weren't even on all the all the time. Like you're, you're a host. You're a, you're someone who, you know, it'd be interesting to get your perspective on these things either way. So I actually kind of call bullshit on that, my friend. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I, I had gotten calls for other stuff. Like even as early as, uh, that last event that they were, uh, Derek, you guys were all in like New York for something for DM. And, um, you know, I, it's just, I just don't feel like I'm, I'm a part of it. So there's no need for me to jump into it. And I kind of, I, I kind of see through the bullshit. Me and Susie were talking about this yesterday. Um, you know, I, not to bring up, you know, uh, the whole DM thing, but you know, I was there, I went to the hospital bunch when, uh, she was here in New York and, um, you know, I, I never posted about it. It was never like I needed any validity or anybody's, uh, you know, seal of approval that like, Oh, I cared, you know? And when I saw so many people who I never saw at the hospital posting pictures and making it a fucking spectacle, you know, I have sick family members and stuff. And the the last thing I want is people pretending they give a shit about them. You know, it's like, that's, that's my private life. That's their private life. I don't want people making a spectacle. And when people look to get gain followers or do shit like that, because they, they want to seem relevant. I, I kind of just keep my distance from that stuff. I'm very uh, old school Italian when it comes to that shit. Um, I didn't want anybody to think like I was, Oh, he cares now because of this, that, and the other thing. It's like, I cared. I show him my way and I don't need to get involved. Um, I kind of keep my distance, but yeah, I mean, I love what I do now. So I don't, I don't really need the show. I never really needed the show. It, It gave me a platform, but I think 
had I have not done that, I probably would have pursued wrestling a little bit more. So sometimes I'm like, I probably would have done something else because I do. Enjoy, I mean, like anybody else, and I've said this in a hundred interviews while I was on the show, I fucking love the spotlight. That's why I like teaching class because I'm in front of an audience all the time. I did improv because I like being up on stage. Um, I enjoy the, uh, the thrill of entertaining. One of the fucking, my earliest uh, kind of things I've ever said that my mom always brought up and she was like, well, what do you want to do? And what do you want to be? I was like, I just like making people laugh. I like making people smile. Um, so I, in any venue that I could do that, I love doing it. So if I would have not been on the show, I probably would have pursued some sort of wrestling career, or some sort of entertainment career in that regard. But filming shows sometimes gets fucking, it's like, you know, when you've done it for years, it's a hurry up and waking. It's like, hold on, we got to wait for this and got to wait for that. And you're like, this is fucking obnoxious. But yeah, you never know. You never know. Yeah. So you're just yeah. kind of like waiting and you still might not get the call. Yeah. Yeah. Or, so, and, and that was what? the thing. It's a, but the, so many people, like, I didn't like that life either. Like, you know, you're like sitting around waiting for the call. And I, I was fortunate enough for years to be one of the first people called all the time. I was never like, oh, am I going to get a call? I'd always get a call. And I was always a part of something. And I've gotten to do commercials and, you know, hosting jobs. And I got to do everything. And like, even after, you know, whatever the fucking black hole of my fucking reputation occurred, I was still doing the Jersey Shore shit and I loved it. But then when the show fell off, you know, um, even now they brought it back, but it's not as big as it was. I mean, television's not as big as it was. I mean, everything's on YouTube and stuff now. So um, I don't think there's as many opportunities. You seem to me like you would be one of the people who, you know, so let's say let's say you stayed on the show. You know, you have so mm -hmm. many other aspirations. I feel like you would have probably started spreading yourself a little thin, getting a hosting gig here or there, getting an acting gig, doing this, maybe going down to the Performance Center, trying some WWE stuff, maybe continuing to use the, the connections and opportunities that come from being on MTV every week. And I wouldn't have been surprised if by 2018 you were kind of purposely off the show yourself anyway, you know. Um, yeah. You seem yeah. like somebody who would have used the springboard regardless. And we've seen other people do that. I mean, you've seen the Jamie Chung's and the Miz's and the other people as well have careers that diversified to the point where they were like, you know what? This isn't for me anymore. Even if they did go back in a hosting capacity like the Miz. So I think it's funny. We'll never be able to know what would have happened in that regard, but you kind of feel like someone who might've gone your separate ways anyway. Yeah. I always talk translating into something else. You know, when people were like, Oh, well, you never drank on the show and you would never like, go crazy on the show. I was like, no, I, I always saw it as like a business opportunity and a, a platform to kind of springboard into something else. Like I always wanted to turn it into something else. And that's kind of why I got to host and shit so much was because I was like, I want to host. I want to do this. I want to do this. I like, I wanted to get off the show so I could go and do something that I felt happier about and, you know, kind of legitimized, uh, you know, who I was and what I wanted to do. You know, being on the show was fun. It was cool. It's like I won multiple times, but it's a dead end street. It's like, yeah, I can win this thing fucking 50 times. It's not going to change my place in, in life and what I think of myself. I never really get involved in anything because of money. I rather get involved because it's like a passion project of mine and money is the, you know, kind of the aftermath. And I, I feel like that, I feel like we had this conversation back then, like, when yeah. you were already sort of like transitioning out of it. And uh, I, I feel like, you know, you were going to have a similar path to what Blair Herder had at the, at the time. And, yeah. uh, you, and 
and didn't didn't he sort of mentor you a little bit or you guys had yeah. some talks or yeah, we would talk a lot. He was uh, he would put me in touch with uh, a couple different people and kind of give me some guidelines as to like what I could do to kind of translate the show into that because I did I wasn't a lifer, you know. I don't like doing anything for too long, um, so I I was always interested in doing something else. Um, you don't watch the show, but you do obviously through the grapevine know who from your day and age is still competing or not competing. Uh, Challenge Maniac wants to know, thanks for coming up with that name. We, we think that's actually Davon from the show who's posing as a patron. Who are you surprised is still competing on the show and who are you surprised isn't still competing on the show? Um, well, I'm glad they brought back Derek because when we used to do his podcast and stuff, he'd always be like, Oh, I want to get back on. And I'm like, I'm glad they finally brought Derek back. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised Mark Long is another one. I feel like, you know, he wants to be on the show again. And I, I think they should just throw him on for shits and giggles. Cause I mean, he definitely would be the oldest guy on there, even as far as production goes. Um, and just, <laughs> even including the audio guys, the union <laughs> yeah, audio guys. Like, the guys who've been in the union there for like 30 years in fucking LA. Um, but like CT is one of those guys, like, you know, they bring him back year after year. And I was like, Johnny was telling me how fat he is now and how he's got a fucking <laughs> beard and a kid and like knocked up a stripper. I'm like, on paper, this guy, like, I don't know how he is now, but I no, it's like, not like that. I, I was like, this, he sounds like a fucking disaster. Um, and then Brad's another one. I heard Brad's back. And I was like, I, you, you think I, I always hope the best for a lot of these guys. Like, you know, Brad started a family, he's got kids, he's got a wife. And I'm like, Oh good. He moved on. And then, you know, I follow him on Instagram now and I see him like, you know, posting videos of himself. And then Johnny was telling me he was like banging some girl, like on the first episode of the show. And I'm like, I mean, Brad's gotta be what 40 now. How old is <laughs> Dude, because I'm 35. Uh, no. That's it's funny to me because I like I'm 35 and I know Brad and CT are all older than I am. So I'm like, fuck, these guys are pushing 40 years old, if not 40 already, and they're still fucking going strong, banging out broads on TV. I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> savage. <laughs> yeah, man, he, he he had he made quite the entrance for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, I heard, I heard, I heard it was pretty special. I actually, I, was, I told Johnny and. Typical Johnny. I was like, just send me the, this episode. I need to see this. I need to see old Brad back in it. You know? Yeah. So it's no, I mean, CT's big, man. CT's big, but he's like still like more athletic than 80% most of people. the guys, 90%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, listen, the guy's an athletic fuck. Worst political game in the world for sure, but definitely the most athletic guy there. I mean, he's, yeah, but, a, he, he's a natural athlete for sure. Well, you, you know, you, you know what it is now, though, is like you have to you you have to be susceptible to causing a spectacle at any point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like you have to like you have to be like a walking disaster or a walking destroyer to be on the show. You know what I mean? Because I'm yeah. pulling people from like all, all types of shows. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I, to me, to me, that sounds like desperation. You know, like I always feel like if you're pulling people from shows that have nothing to do with the, the original concept, you're just getting desperate. Like, yeah, I, like Johnny will take pictures with people and they're like from fucking, I, I guess UK shows and some fucking dating show that's on MTV and stuff. And you're like, 
I don't know. Do they run out of cast members? Like, what's the problem here? You know, and people and, and you know what it is? It's like why people love certain shows is because you get to know a certain character and you kind of there's you, there's some investment there. You know, you're like, oh, OK, I'm married to this character, that character. If you constantly change up the characters, then you never really get to know anybody. The beauty and what I compare it all the time to either wrestling or like comic books and shit why the Marvel franchise has been so much more successful than the DC franchise, considering the fact that DC has bigger characters. Superman and Batman are bigger than any other comic book. But Marvel has seen so much more success because they have so much more character development. You know, Iron Man had his own movies where people didn't know who the fuck Iron Man was 15 years ago, and Thor and the Black Panther and all these characters that they were like, People knew of them, sort of, but didn't really know that much about them. And now they're the most beloved characters in the uh, in the fucking comic book space. So you look at that, and it's like, well, now people are invested. They know the backstory. They know this history. They've taken the time to create the character. And I think that's what where the challenge might be falling short. I don't know if the challenge still does well. Like I don't know the ratings on it and stuff. But I feel like when you develop a character people could get more invested. Whether they love them or hate them, they could get more invested in them. You know, I think they're appealing to a younger fan base, a broader fan base, and they don't necessarily feel like it has to have the amount of history because they can throw a, a highlight in here or there and they could show us what Johnny did to Sarah on top of the mountain. But for the most part, I think they're trying to bring new characters out there, like it or not. And, you know, we're on the same side as you. We like the older characters too. Well, even with the older, like with the newer characters, good, great, bring a, a newer character on, but put some investment behind them. You know, build some story around them. Get some. It, it can't just be like, oh, he fucks a bunch of girls. It's like, all right, great, yeah, I'm happy for him. He's getting laid, but at the same time, is is there any depth to him? Is he a cool guy? Is he is he worth investing in? Is he a villain? Is he a good guy? Like, what what is he? You know, what's his story? What's his path? What's his journey? They do a pretty good job about that. And now there's this third dimension that, correct me if I'm wrong, like, Kenny, what would you say the role of social media was in the challenge when you left the show? Because for me, like, it's it's hard to kind of look back on how many years it's been. I forget how, how long it's been for you. But social media exponentially becomes a bigger and bigger part of the show. It's now literally a part of the show where they're cutting to tweets that kind of summarize why these people are now on the show. They'll be like, back in July, Brad tweeted at Tony and told him to come get some. And that's why they're vendettas now so like it's literally a third dimension to this show was it playing a part at all back when you were doing it no i don't even think instagram was a thing then right i don't think instagram infancy <clears throat> infancy stages at best and definitely wasn't a part of the show we definitely you're from the age where i used to say before social media you guys went on these shows and they preferred that we only knew you as kenny we only knew you as yeah. Derek. we only knew you as johnny we didn't even know your last names they weren't even relevant until social media came out and even then they were trying to get you to be like kenny mtv Derek mtv like as if you're just somebody with a name tag walking around a best buy yeah yeah, they uh, they kind of pretended like that outside world didn't exist. And we would even say to them, but even as early on as like the first couple of shows that I did, we were like, you guys should bring in, like break down that third wall and like let that fourth wall, whatever it is, and, you know, let people know that we have lives outside this, that we're already scheming. Like when we find out who's going to be on the show, we're already like, hey, you're with me, you're with this one, you're with that one. Like we were, we're already starting the game. The game starts before the show even starts. Oh so, yeah. So let people in on that, you know. But they were they were afraid to do that, and they didn't want to. Now they they have no choice but to do it. I guess. Yeah, it was that. 
It definitely wasn't around. Definitely, I don't think Instagram. Because when I left, I left social media. Uh, Instagram was, uh, I, I mean, Instagram is bigger than all the platforms. Like, it's harder to get Twitter followers nowadays than it was then. You know what I mean? Because Twitter was like the thing then. Do you think it would have been good for you, Kenny? Or do you think it would have, like, are you now retroactively kind of glad that your time on the show didn't correspond with, like, four years' worth of tweets that you'd now be looking back and regretting um, now that you've moved on from it? Is it kind of a blessing in disguise? Um, to tell you the truth, I never uh, I never do anything that I'm going to uh, – I mean, I, I'm sure I have regretted many things in life, but I never do anything that I'm going to regret or I'm never uh, – <coughs> I'm never against what I've done. You know, I, I, I speak, I'm pretty loud. I'm pretty vocal, but it's like kind of how I feel and what I believe in. So I'm okay with whatever happens. I'm like an open book. I like being an open book because then you have nothing to hide. Um, and for me, you know, dealing with all the shit that has happened with the show, that's why I've always been so vocal. I mean, I'm not allowed to be vocal about it, but I'm, you know, I'd love to be as vocal as I can because I have nothing to hide. You know, there was, you know, there's uh, there's nothing about my life that I don't mind sharing. Yeah, like there's aspects of my family life that I don't want the world to know. And I don't think people should know about, uh, you know, people's family lives and stuff. But, you know, when people drag their like people's kids in and their wives and all that shit, I'm just like, yeah, it's just like that's just like classless and tasteless. Like, yeah, you attack the person. Don't attack like their family situation you know it's like as much as i hated fucking west and shit you know i i would never like involve his family i'm like yeah his parents fucked up that's for damn sure um but you know it's not a it's not an attack on his family it's a kind of attack on him just being a fucking loser um, his parents fucked up how by having him you're saying or what yeah oh yeah that was a big fuck up they should have left him on the fucking bed sheet somewhere <laughs> um, you don't. You don't. You don't obviously have the ability to comment on any of the newer people on the show. But I'd love to do a little word association. Go through some of the people that you spent a lot of time with on the show, and just love to know your opinion on it. Whether it's the one you had then, the one you have now, or one that's kind of evolved. First thing that comes to yeah. mind when I say somebody. Sure. All right. So uh, Sarah Rice. Uh, I love Sarah. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't talked to Sarah in a while, but she's a good chick. You know, I, I, when people ask me about the whole Johnny situation and they're like, do you think he would have done it? I'm like, if you would have gave me that scenario before he opened his mouth, I would have told you exactly what he was going to do. Um, <laughs> you know, she got, <laughs> she got burned, but, uh, I, but you know, like honestly to his credit, I know she burned him pretty bad on the one before that. So, you know, in my eyes, as much as I do like Sarah, I think he was justified. Um, and I know he's justified in his own mind for it. And his rationale behind it, I, I get, because she definitely did him dirty. Like, they were friends, they trained together, and then she just kind of fucking threw him in. So even though he didn't lose because of it, or he, I guess he did lose, I don't remember how it fucking ended up playing out. But um, he, uh, she definitely did him dirty, for sure, Could before you, he did her dirty. It's the, it's the eternal question on this show. We ask everybody yeah. whether they're related to it at all. Could you have done the same thing if the roles were reversed <laughs> and you were on that mountain with her? So me and Johnny had this conversation after he did it. We went out to dinner and we're sitting there and he's like, he goes, I was like, dude, I don't think I could have done it. He goes, Kenny, he goes, I know you couldn't. And I was like, oh, at least, uh, you know, it felt, I, it, 
in a way, I'm like, shit, I wish I could do it, but I don't think I can do it. No. He said he knew he knew you couldn't do it. Yeah. Oh wow. He's like, you would have never. He's like, you would have never done it. Yeah. Interesting. So, okay. What about your first uh, partner on the show? I believe Tina. Um. Fuck. I mean, I don't really have too many thoughts about it. I, God, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Um. Great. I I, I hope she's doing well. You know. Um. At the time, I. I me and Tina were really close and then she kind of did me dirty and I kind of wrote her off for it. So that was, uh, that was the end of that whole scenario. Yeah. People, I think it's funny. I mean, you, you more so than others have, have obviously distanced yourself for obvious reasons and then don't really pay close attention these days. But people, when we, when we told our patrons, cause we only exclusively opened the questioning up to our patrons over patreon.com slash challenge mania was, you know, people want to know, do you still talk to Tina? You know, any regrets about Paula, this, that all this stuff that I think you're so distanced from, you know, it's kind of sad for people that, you know, they want to know like, Hey, but she was your first fresh meat partner. You guys don't get together every Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. No shot. Um, what about Paula? Thoughts on Paula Walnuts? Uh, good. I'm happy. You know, I'm happy she's happy. I, I've seen the evolution of Paula from day one. You know, I met Paula, and uh, she's she had her dark days. She had her good days. She had her, uh, you know, everything in between, and she's got a family now and stuff, and I'm, I'm really happy for her. She was definitely one of the craziest chicks. Um, and I loved hanging out with Paula. Paula was like one of my first, uh, girl buddies on the show where it's like, you know, she, we would go out and drink all the time. She, when she moved to New York, we'd hang out all the time. Like I love Paul. Uh, Evelyn. Oh God. Um, <laughs> you know, I, the last time I saw her, I tried to like, just be nice with her and say hello and stuff. And she was just such an asshole about it. I was just like, whatever. I mean, she's just one of those people. It's like I, I could give a shit less to even deal with her. Where um, was that? Where, if you don't, where did you yeah. see her? Yeah, yeah. Where did you see I, for, her? I forget. She, I saw her in New York, actually, on the street. I ran into her. I'm like, hey, how's everything? Like, And it's like the show's behind us. I don't give a fuck about the show anymore, you know? And it's like I think she ended up winning a show after that or she had won a show, you know, around the same time I did. And I'm like, dude, the show's over. Let it fucking go. It's like she's still – was holding some tension and I was like, all right, fuck off, whatever. Um, but I, I try to make amends because it's like, we were playing a game. It was a different point in our lives. It's like, she was on the opposite team, you know? And I, it's like Cobra Kai style show, no mercy. <laughs> um, yo, so what, what were you, are you seeing one of the girls from the WWE? Like, I, am I mistaken? I saw I saw you at the Vendettas after party. Like, you were yeah. like a big surprise to me. Like, was it? I mean, do you talk to the Miz or do? You, was it like so one of the producers or like no, how did you? So, how, yeah, how so, were you there? So that was the last I time was, I saw Kenny. For, I was at this influencer event downtown you know like how to get invited to it it was like something where it was really cool it was actually like samsung was releasing like their new fridge and they're this digital tv and all these new products that they're launching in 2018 2019 um this guy had got me invited he's like just hit me up on instagram he's like listen you're a new york city influencer which I'm, i don't really think of myself like that but i was like yeah sure I, I guess i'll go along with this it was cool to see and then there was this like after party um, I invited Charlie, so I trained Charlie from the WWE. She's like the backstage announcer. Uh, Miz uh -huh. had sent, 
Miz had set me up with her about a, a little over a year ago now. Like he's like, Hey, my friend's looking for a trainer, you know, training became a little bit more than just training. So we had, you know, kind of dated for a little bit. Um, we're still friends. Yeah. We're still friends and stuff. Um, and she comes to my gym anyway. She, uh, I invited her to the event. I was like, could I, you know, take a date with me? And the guy's like, yeah, sure. Bring her. So we're at this event. This guy's there who's from LA. I guess he's an actor or something. Um, and he, he asked me and Charlie for like a, a cigarette or something. We're like, no, I'm having, he's like, Oh, where are you guys from? We got to chat. And he's like, I'm friends with the Miz. He's like, uh, you know, I hang out with him all the time. I was at his wedding, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'm actually supposed to go up to Midtown to go meet up with him. And I'm like, he's like, why don't you guys come with us? So me and Charlie jumped in the car with him. You know, we went up to uh, Midtown and I thought he was just hanging out by himself. And when we got there, I'm like, Oh fuck. I'm like, you know, it's just like, all these old feelings, you know, and like, I don't want people to think like I'm there because I'm like, Oh my God, the challenge. Great. It's like, I could give a fuck less. So I get there and everybody's like, Oh, you're here for the challenge. I'm like, no, I, I, it just happened that this all, you know, it's a small world. And, uh, Miz was like, yeah, come up and hang out and stuff. So I was there to see him. And then we were there for like an hour and left, but I was hanging out with you most of the time. I was bullshitting with Derek. I know. Yeah. I, know. I was I like when I first got there and I'm like, yeah, I think like Cara Maria and somebody else were there. Um, I'm like, Hey, what's up? Whatever. And then when you got there, I'm like, all right, cool. At least he's here. I'll catch up with this guy. Yeah, dude, that was so awesome. I mean, it was so, it was so random today. Like I was on, on the show Vendetta. So I, I came back probably after seven years. So I hadn't done a show in seven years. How long has it been since you, since you were on any fuck? I, I think the last show I filmed was like maybe 2010, 2011. The last uh-huh. show I did was, uh, I think the ruins was the last show I did. Really? I thought you did yeah. another one where, where you were like Wes's partner. Yeah. Or, or no, that, yeah. What was that? That was, um, fuck rivals. Rivals was the last show I did. Rivals. Okay. So that was the last one. So that, that was yeah. seven, about seven years ago. Right. Something like that. Yeah, fuck. Um, so they called me back to do this show called the dirty 30 so i went okay. on there yeah and i got second place and then oh uh, no the shit next, what yeah. you win for that what's that what did you win for that well here's the fucking here's the, here's the the kicker dude the winner won four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. so obviously what? so second place did well too what did you what'd you get thirty five thousand for second place <laughs> that is fucked no way one person got four hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Second place got thirty five. Yeah, it was. That is that's bullshit. I would have yeah. been fucking livid. Yeah, I, it was tough, dude. It was tough. It was a heartbreaker, dude. And then yeah. we waited. Oh no! Give him the best they part. Did. Yeah, tell him the reveal. Well, yeah. So the for the first time ever, they kept the winner a secret. So I How? didn't know whether I, I know. won or not. It was time. Until it was like, like a combined eight months time. later, <laughs> dude. The season was like 17 episodes, maybe more. I don't know, maybe 18. Like it was just like it was it, it was on TV for a month. I want to make sure Kenny knows the exact logistics of it. So, Kenny, what they did was at the reunion, they shot the reveal three different ways. One that Derek won, one that CT won, and one that Jordan won because the way they revealed it was they pulled an X out of a thing, and if it was a double X, they were the winner, and the confetti comes down, and they get the roses and all that good stuff. They shot all three outcomes, and then Derek's sitting on his couch in November – 
And based on which outcome they show, he knows whether he had a $350,000 swing on his, his check. That's Jesus how he found out. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so the next, so the reason why I was at that, at that party that you were at is because they invited me to, so the next show was called Vendetta and they only brought me in to be like a mercenary is what they call it kind of like remember when ct came in and did the johnny johnny backpack have you ever wanted to do your best impression of ct carrying johnny bananas around like a backpack on cutthroat well now you can with the m-pack the fully functional backpack that doubles as a weight training pack and our girl emily schramm is nice enough to hook up challenge mania listeners with 15 percent off your entire order just go to www.thempack.com mania and enter the code mania at checkout now, I know what you might be thinking. Scott, who do you think I am? Leonardo Decathlon? I'm not ready to carry an impact full of weights yet. I sit around listening to you and D all day and watching Vendetta's trailers. Well, MPAC also has really cool looking gear as well. They've got soft, comfy sweatpants, a really dope hat, t-shirts, and some other gear that looks good on everyone and makes awesome gifts for the active person or challenge fan in your life. So if you want to show some love to one of the nicest challenge competitors around Emily Schramm and support the Challenge Mania podcast, all while scoring some sick new threads, workout gear, or backpacks in the process, go to www.thempack.com mania. And remember to use the code mania to get 15% off your whole order. Not 10%, we're talking 15% off. Anybody who cops some gear sends D and I a pick of you sporting it, we'll be sure to retweet you, shout you out on the show, and show you some love. Yeah, Remember that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so they so they pretty much used me to come in and be a mercenary. I went in against this guy from the UK and I fought him for like fucking 90 minutes until neither one of us could fucking move our bodies anymore. And um and they invited me to to be at this uh to be at the reunion. And just to kind of sit there and like talk shit and, and and just comment on stuff. And so the reason why I was at that after party is because I I, uh, I was hanging out or I called Scooter. Like I kept in contact with Scooter. I wanted to hang out with him. And he's friends with one of the producers. So I went over there and, and then there you were. And Mike was there. And like I was just, it was kind of random. So you this was I mean? like, like an exclusive after party. This wasn't the like everyone's invited after party. This is like no. Miz, a couple big wigs, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This isn't just everybody <laughs> on the way down to a chick from WWE. Yeah. Got it. So like Alicia, <laughs> yeah. and then couple, Alicia wasn't at this. Whoever was down at the lobby when I, I was leaving was there. They came with me, basically. Kenny. But you're that guy who rolled up to a oh, party shit. you were barely invited okay. to with like 14 other people because they were in the yeah. lobby? Yeah, because on the TV show that they're on the, the TV show that I was there for. Yeah. Yeah. I was there for them. So they came with me. Kenny, yeah. do you try to, I mean, you mentioned like you, this kind of snuck up on you. And for a while there you were like, oh no, is this going to be weird? And then you saw D and Cara and it was fine. But do you try to like actively avoid challenge related stuff? So, like, have you been, I know you mentioned the throwdown thing earlier, which you had different reasons for that, but has there been other times where like, you know, Four challenge people are like, hey, we're all getting beers. And you're like, nah, I don't know. It depends on who it is. Like, obviously, when Johnny comes to town, I mean, he's my boy. I fucking love hanging out with him. I mean, if, obviously, if Derek was in town, it's like I'll hang out with him. Kara uh, Maria has come by the gym before. It depends on who it is and, like, what the setting is. But if it's just, like, this big fucking jerked-off powwow where everybody's, like, wants to reminisce about fucking the challenge world, it's like I've distanced myself from a reason for a reason, and I don't like being um, – kind of that, like even now like i do podcasts for like different fitness 
uh, influencers and fitness shows and stuff like that. And it's always like, oh, he's the MTV guy. And I'm like, ah, fuck, can we get away from this? It's like, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of trying to build a, a, something different. It's like, yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm okay. You know, yeah, great. I was on the show, but I, I rather the focus not be on the fact that I was on fucking television 10 years ago. Well, no, yeah, I mean, because no, just, I, and, and I know that, and I know that Kenny and like, I, that's why I, I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. Well, can I, can you know we I be mean? honest? And, Let's be transparent with him. So we have been kind of tossing back and forth. Would he want to do it? You know, should we hit him up? Is he put it in his rear view? Like we get requests for you all the time. And you know, obviously yeah. there's the elephant in the room. We didn't know like, Hey, do we look irresponsible if we don't broach this one subject? Can he talk about it? What yeah. do we do? Etc. Right, which is why, even though you're one of the bigger names to ever be on the show, we've done through our. This is actually our 60th episode, so congratulations, it's a good one. But so my point is, is that last week or so, I see I'm in one of the challenge Facebook groups, and I see a guy who uh, runs a, a podcast called the Rotten Bananas Podcast. So shouts to him, yeah. and he's like, "Ladies and gentlemen, I'm having Kenny Santucci on," and I'm like. No offense, but I'm like, wait a minute. Kenny's doing Challenge sure. Podcast and it's not Challenge Mania? Hold up. <laughs> and I sent yeah. a link to D and shouts to the Rotten Banana because I actually went and uh, and listened to the whole interview and you guys should check that one out too. Um, but I was like, you know what? Maybe he is doing this stuff again. So that's when we reached out to you and we made this happen. So it's funny just to you know take you guys behind the curtain. That I know people are probably like, hey, he was just on a podcast. Now he's doing another podcast. What's he doing? Is he trying to get back on the show? We called him because of that podcast. <laughs> yeah, no. So what happened, that guy had hit me up on Instagram and I didn't even look at his Instagram. He was like, Hey man, love. Cause I had just done barbell shrugs, which is like a big uh, podcast within the fitness space. And I had just done another one with a buddy of mine, Jay uh, Ferrugio, who's got another big fitness podcast. And then the, uh, the games is coming up. So I've been getting hit up about doing different podcasts. And as far as the fitness space, when he originally hit me up, I thought it was a fitness podcast. So I'm like, yeah, sure, let's do it. <laughs> so then he's like, I swear, I was sitting up in my office. I got the fucking computer open and shit. And I'm sitting up in my office. And he's like, all right, guys, hey, welcome to the Rotten Bananas podcast. I was like, wait, this is a challenge podcast? I was like, oh, fuck. I'm like, all right, come on, we'll do it. And he was like super professional, really nice dude. Um, you know, it was really cool to just like chat with him and stuff. And, you know, it feels good every once in a while to reminisce with somebody who, who really does give a shit about the show. It's good to hear like you know, how much they were into it. And he was telling me shit and reminding me of stuff that I don't, I forgotten about. And I, it was cool to like kind of chat about yeah, it. Yeah. Well, shouts to, I think his name's Logan, right? Shouts to, to Logan with yeah. the Ron Banana podcast. So that, they, he cut that out, the part where you like realized it was a challenge podcast off yeah. air. And then we're like, wait a minute, but then decided to do that. Cause it sounds seamless. You can't really tell. I listened to the whole thing. It sounds like you were, you woke up that morning, grabbed a coffee and we're like, let's talk some challenge. Yeah. No, I was in the, I was in my office and he had called me and I was like, oh shit, this is a challenge part? I was like, all right, let's go. Well, um, and that's amazing, well, by the well, way. <laughs> but, and, and, and on top of that, like, you know, like, I, I, we don't want to bring up that, like, that old shit. You know what I mean? Like, the stuff yeah, that you can't buddy, talk listen, about. So, honestly, I, I, would, I would love nothing more in my life, you know, it, because it is a fucking black stain on my life. And, you know, I, <clears throat> I always tell people, I'm like, I can't say anything, but I've made it my business and my life. I, my dad's never really had that birds and the bees talk with me, but he always said, listen, always be respectful. You have a mother, you have a sister, you have, you know, aunts, you have a grandmother, like 
always, you know, do the right thing. And it's, I, ne- I hate when people feel uncomfortable. You know, Derek, you could probably speak to this too. When I was on the show, I hate seeing people uncomfortable in like certain situations, like paying for things or people getting picked on. Like, so I don't, I, I never like that. And, um, you know, when it was that whole thing, you know, you were there, it's like the one night they made it seem like every night we were picking on this girl and blah, 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 and all this shit. And then she comes out with all this other bullshit where everybody was like taken back and we're like, what the fuck, what are you even talking about? Um, so when it all came up and it, it's, you know what I just watched? It was so like hit hit home for me i just watched the uh special on the duke lacrosse players yeah um, the 30 for 30 have you seen that no but i i kind of know what you're talking about all right so definitely i mean i think you both of you guys you guys you guys love watching shit watch that because it's a great documentary and it kind of really hit home for me because i felt like it's a similar situation to what i dealt with um and it went from being accused of something to they, they did it, you know, and it's like, if you look at the facts and even if you read, if you read through what was said, um, it, none of it makes sense, but people just w- love controversy. They love an issue. They love this. They love, they love the animosity. Um, so, you know, some people will forever give me fucking shit and say stuff about it. And, you know, I know I don't hide from it. I, I wish I could talk about it. I wish I could, uh, kind of show people what I know. Um, but you know, it's, it's up to the other people who are there. I kind of like put the responsibility on them and, you know, people like Sarah and Johnny have all spoken up and been like, what she's saying did not fucking happen, you know? Um, so, well, but, yeah, you mentioned I mean, wanting to get Derek's perspective on it. I don't know that you necessarily mean that, but, but Sarah and Susie, <laughs> as you mentioned, talked about it at length recently on one of their uh, Patreon video Q&As. They were actually responding to Kellyanne coming on our show and uh, talking a little bit of trash against them and tangentially mentioning this, this event that we're talking about. And then they went and kind of clarified a lot of things. They told it from their perspective. And if anybody does want kind of a detailed account, you can go find that. I think it's sometime in June they spoke about it on one of their video Q&As, so it's behind their Patreon payroll, but I would check it out if you want to know more about the, the situation. Yeah, and yeah. you know you know, what's funny to me is that there are two women who've come from a very serious, you know, background in related related to the whole subject. Yeah, um, that's why I'd actually encourage people to go exactly that to get their perspective rather than, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more hesitant to be like, no, take Johnny's word for it or oh, listen, to, listen yeah. to Evan or listen to Derek. You know what I mean? The fact that it's Susie and Sarah, two women who have actually been very outspoken um, to similar issues and whatnot in the past uh, from the other perspective. I think they're, to me, uh, a more reliable source to get this. And, and by that same token, one that you would take their word, uh, you know, a little bit more seriously, to be honest yeah. with you, yeah. than if we're just here three guys going off on it right now so yeah. um, but definitely there, people should check that out there, there's no going off on my end I didn't see any of uh, of the allegations so there, that, that's it like you like you there's no there's no more to the story that you can get from me that's and you know I don't even want to I'm not trying to touch this thing 
Well, well it's all. interesting, and it's you interesting, and Ken, Kenny, I want to let you know it. also, Kenny, I want to let you know also that since the beginning of the show where people would ask, hey, when are you going to have Kenny and Evan on? When are you going to have Kenny and Evan on? And I would always say to D, well, D, what do we do with, you know, with that subject matter? And he goes, I don't even want to ha- make him have to go down that road or talk about this and that. And I go, well, I don't want our listeners to feel like we're avoiding it. You know what I mean? So I think the fact that you seem very eager and willing to talk about it, you just legally yeah. can't. And I think the fact that, to be honest with you, a month ago, I heard Susie yeah. and Sarah talk about it in a way I hadn't heard it's spoken about, you know, until recently kind of made me look at it a little bit differently. And I was like, you know what, maybe we have him on. We let him speak uh, on behalf of the fact that he can't really talk about it, say as much as he can say, let people, you know, form their opinions themselves. But I'm glad we were able to have you on and, and talk about this because I will lie. I was getting a little bit, I was a little bit jealous. You were on my man, Logan's rotten banana podcast. I'm like, hold up. That's where he's going to make his challenge re-debut, re-entering the fold is not number 29 in the Royal Rumble at Challenge Mania, but he's going to come in on the In Your House paper review aka to rotten banana i'm sorry buddy if you if you would have sold it to me like that if you were like hey he's gonna come in into 29 guy in the fucking royal rumble i would have been like yeah put me in <laughs> and we made uh, our challenge well, maybe, podcast called I, challenge mania so when we invite people on it they can't get on the skype and be like wait a minute this is a challenge podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah it was uh you know i mean listen i'm 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 like, an open, like I said, I'm an open book. I don't mind talking about it. I wish I could say more than I could, but it is what it is. And, you know, um, everybody's like, oh, well, would you want? I go, there's nothing you could do. It's like too much time has passed. You know, the show's behind me. Um, you know, I'm happy that, like, you know, Johnny's have found so much success with it. Like, everybody's like, oh, what do you think of him having a new show? I'm like, I'm happy for him. I was like, that's where he belongs. You know, he, yeah. he, he needs to be on fucking TV. He needs to be there. It's like, did I have dreams and aspirations of it too? Sure, but it was cut short by some bullshit, but it is what it is. And it's like, you can't cry about what fucking happened in the past. You just got to keep moving forward. And there's, a, you know, I try to give that advice to a lot of people. Like, you know, I owning a business and having to sometimes let people go just because it doesn't work out. And people get so upset about it. But it's like, if you can't see yourself moving on from where you're at right now, then life is going to be a long, hard road for you. You need to be able to do something else. You need to, uh, you know, kind of direct your passions and direct your focus to something else. If you're so devastated by, you know, a job or a career or something, it's like, there's so many other things out there. It's like, yeah, even with, I've, I mean, knock on wood, I've had a lot of success and gotten to do a lot of great things and gotten denied of a lot of things because of that situation and lost a lot of money because of that situation. I still like, and I had some fucking dark nights about it and been very upset about it, but I had to move on and I had to push on. Now I wasn't going to fucking crawl under a rock because I didn't do anything. So I don't give a shit to like come out and fight for, you know, what I want and what I want to do. And it's like, I, there have been plenty of times I had awkward conversations with whether they're, you know, girls I'm talking to or, you know, friends or business opportunities. And it gets brought up. And I love the people who are like, listen, after knowing you for X amount of time, I couldn't imagine you doing that. And it's reassuring to me. It's like, all right, great. I, at least I could portray myself or be who I need to be at all times, despite what one fucking person says, you know? Well, dude, I'm so glad that this is pretty much past you. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you're able to like talk about it like that. Like, 
Yeah. Um, I'm proud of you, brother. I support Thank you. you. And um, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Scott, I, I don't know how much longer you want to keep no, on. No, let's just let's just get out some plugs, uh, plug everything you got going yeah. on where people can find you. Where Oh, oh I got to ask CrossFit you this. Stuff, no, happening before this weekend, we get to CrossFit, nope. when is that? I'm asking him about one more thing. Someone posted a photo yeah. you were on Maury Povich. <laughs> yeah. So my agent, what? actually CSD got it for me. CST called me up and they were like, hey, uh, we got this spot on Maury. They want to book you for something. They're going to have a limo come pick you up. But that was like, yeah, that had to be five years ago now. And it just, just re-ran or something? Yeah, dude, they still send me checks for that fucking episode. It's amazing. I would, I would do Maury's show again. They brought me on because they were like, oh, you're from that MTV generation. Um, and they brought me on to talk about like, uh, you know, how kids act in schools. Like they were showing me videos of like kids getting up and like beating the shit out of like a 65 year old teacher. And I'm like, does this really go on in schools? <laughs> like they just wanted my perspective. I'm like, if I ever got up and hit an older person, one, I'd feel like a real piece of shit Two, when, if I got home, my father would have knocked the shit out of me. So I go, when I was a kid, no, nobody did that. Like I never heard of like, I never knew anybody in my high school or grammar school, or even college who beat up a teacher, you know? So it was like, it was all this like bad behavior amongst like young kids and like spring break and how kids are acting these days and shit. And it's, uh, you know, I, I think it was hyper focused on the negative aspect. I don't think all kids are like that nowadays, but it was definitely, uh, definitely interesting to see. But I mean, on that same topic, it's like, I don't remember kids shooting up schools and shit when we were younger, but that goes on more often than not now. Well, it's funny. The timing couldn't be better for that rerunning of the episode because for the conspiracy theorists out there who are like, uh-oh, Kenny's doing the Rotten Bananas podcast. He's doing Challenge Mania. I just saw him on Maury. He's back, baby. Um, what's cool also, it's good, it's good to know you're making more from the residuals of that than Derek got for coming in second on the Dirty 30. Um, okay, let's get to the, uh, the actual plug. So uh, tell everybody where they can find you and all your other ventures. Um, well, they can find me at Kenny Santucci uh, on all types of social media. And uh, at Solace, New York, it's a uh, hit style CrossFit weightlifting, powerlifting gym here in New York City. Um, and uh, hopefully, you know, in the near future, potentially open up some other locations. Uh, but for now, I'll be out in Madison, Wisconsin this weekend for the uh, CrossFit Games. This is my seventh CrossFit game, so it's exciting. And I'll be working with um, FitAid, which is my favorite supplement beverage after a hard workout. So if you guys haven't tried it, try that. And if you're out at a bar, grab yourself a cold Michelob Ultra because uh, it's another sponsor of mine. And they are doing a lot of cool stuff within the fitness space. Um, we're doing a big event out in uh, Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona in September. I'll be teaching some classes and stuff out there um, for Michelob. We're doing the first ever like big fitness like retreat. So it's going to be pretty cool. So that's all I got right now. Awesome, wow. brother. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure that if people think that they can drink beer and look like you, they're going to switch over to Michelob Ultra. That's for damn sure. Thank you so I'll, much, I'll dude. Can I say one thing? Sure. You know what? To tell you the truth, I've been, I'm in better shape now at 35 than I was at 25. And that's the one thing everybody's like, wait, how do you think you do now? I was like, I'd probably do a lot better now. You know, I was like, I'm in better shape now. I'm kind of banged up and old now, but I'm like, I'd probably give it a good go. So, but that's it. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys having me on. I love your enthusiasm. Uh, I wish I could give you both the double clothesline right now. 
that. <laughs> and dude, I'll uh, I'll definitely uh, I'll text you sometime. I'll come uh, say what up. I live within walking distance of your uh, of your shop there at uh, on uh, Park Avenue. So I'll come and, by. I'll bring yeah, you some swag by. and shit. For sure, I'd love it. And from and from now on, when I come to New York, we just got to do it like we used to do back in the day. Because I feel like the last couple of times I came to New York, I didn't I didn't even see you. Mark, I yeah. miss you, brother. Miss you too, man. Yeah, hit me up when you guys. Yeah, come, dude, guys, come by anytime. I'm, I live here basically, and uh, you know, I'm always down to have a beer, you know, work out, whatever you guys want to do. All right, there you have it, Kenny Santucci, my friends. I think that was. Uh a really interesting interview and, and interesting to hear from the guy. Clearly, he doesn't watch the show anymore, so I know a lot of people wrote in questions that were kind of, you know, what do you think of these newbies taking over the challenge from Anna, and do you keep up with the challenge from Brittany, and uh, Riley wants to know, do you think who would be your vendetta today, and all that stuff, and thank you for all the questions, but they don't really apply, because Kenny doesn't really watch the show, but we got some really cool stories of his time on the show. I think we were able to kind of dance around the subject of why he's no longer on the show, and I mean, look, he's a he's an interesting he's an interesting cat with some very funny opinions and, and ways of describing stuff. And I hope you guys enjoyed the interview and felt we delivered on on what was promised. So funny that Maury called him up five years ago to uh, give his give his input on little kids that beat old people. How random is that? That the same week that we have him on the podcast, they rerun his Maury episode. Do you realize how many Maury episodes they film about fifty a week? And he was on five years ago. That means there literally could have been seven hundred different episodes on this week, and they choose to rerun Kenny's. That's hysterical. Yeah, that's such a that's so weird. That's so weird and awesome at the same time. It's it's great to hear that he's doing awesome and that the past is in the past, and he could talk about it the way he can only talk about it, which is he can't talk about it. Um, so I don't, I'm just, I'm just glad it was just nice hearing him. Like I said, I saw him, uh, a few months ago at the, um, Vendetta's reunion after party ish kind of thing. And he was there with this WWE girl. And I was like, is this your girl? What is this? You know what I mean? So got the whole story of like why we were there and why he was there. But no, he's just, like I said, I got three challenge championships with the dude. Um, you know, during my time with him, I mean, I, I still consider him as a friend, you know what I mean? You know, when we were. When we were talking about him maybe coming on the show, you know, I, I always knew we could get him on, like, just because he's just, he's always been a friend. He's always been cool like that. You know what I mean? So, and I remember him when he started, when he was on that panel, something we didn't get into is that uh, they did the first ever challenge combine for fresh meat. He was the first fresh meat, you know, first season of fresh meat, you know, the first time that they started transitioning into like different really different types of shows you know what i mean like that's like a, a really different theme like they brought on um they, they brought just like random people that hadn't been on real world of road rules and put them straight on the challenge he was part of that first batch you know what i mean we didn't we didn't even get into any of that but um you know he had a lot to say and i just like i said i, I kind of wanted to keep quiet because i know people don't cha- are, are the challenge fans the challenge maniacs don't normally hear from a guy like that. I mean, he's also done 10, 11, 12 seasons. You know what I mean? Like we didn't get into the statistics. Like he's got a, he's won a lot of eliminations. He's been to a lot of finals, three challenge championships. You know what I mean? He's one of the best to play the game. One of the most memorable. Yeah.
Yeah, I'm glad yeah, we're. That's I'm glad why Maury called him, bro. That's why Maury called him. I'm glad we we're able to make it happen for you guys, and hopefully yeah. we delivered. Hopefully you, you feel we handled the uh, subject matter correctly. D, I cannot wait for you to be back from Chicago, my friend, because I know you're getting getting going and burying yourself in a closet or getting up there in the attic to try to avoid all the loud family noises. But because of that, you have a terrible connection. Uh, at Kenny Santucci on social, he's at Derek MTV. I'm at Shot of Jaeger at Scott of Jaeger on Instagram, Facebook.com/slash/ChallengeMania, Los Angeles, September 22nd. Brain Candy, Susie, Sarah, me, Derek. That's right. Derek didn't even know that they were going to be there. I'm just kidding. He knew. Um, it's going to be fun, guys. It's all going to be fun. We hope you guys had fun with us today. Uh, we'll see you guys at the end of this week. We appreciate you as always. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. And uh, keep telling your friends. Appreciate you. Enjoy the challenge tonight. See ya. I'm going to go hang out with my family from Poland. Bye. of us has a purpose. We are destined to do something meaningful, not only to support our loved ones, but to positively impact our communities throughout the country. What do you think a private Christian education looks like? Grand Canyon University graduates 25,000 students yearly and offers more than 225 high-quality programs across nine colleges. Find your purpose at GCU. Visit gcu.edu.